I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. This has been a week of almost nonstop vigils, wakes, and funerals in Newtown, Connecticut, and nonstop media coverage, too, following last Friday's horrific shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School. Some Newtown residents are growing increasingly impatient, even angry, with the intrusive media presence. We were reminded of that when we saw a provocative article on the Atlantic website. It's titled, The Media Needs to Stop Inspiring Copycat Murders, Here's How. It's by Zainab Tufekshi, who joins us regularly on the program to talk about the intersection of politics and technology. Tufekshi is a visiting scholar at Princeton University Center for Information Technology Policy, although today she's in Istanbul. There are many problems with the way we're covering this. The first one is the fact that this is a huge pressure on the families, on the survivors, on the town. At a time, the last thing they need is this kind of sort of pushy reporting. And I think this kind of level of coverage descending on the town right at that moment of you know, very heavy grief is not just not the best thing. In fact, I've been getting emails from people in other towns that have gone through this. I've got an email from someone who survived the Columbine shooting saying that the media pressure in the days following the shooting made it much more traumatic and worse for them. So they were feeling that that aspect of media coverage is harmful to the people who are survivors. Also, the spectacle of the media coverage itself may be helping inspire the next troubled youngster. How so? The way it's reported is very detailed, very graphic. Here's the gun that was used. Here's the bulletproof vest. The killer first went there. You know, we show so much. There's this intense interest in the words of the killer, in the last days of the killer, what he did, what he said, what did he play with, what was the video game, what was this. And this kind of spectacle of attention can be morbidly attractive to a troubled youngster. And I think the coverage method of this just filling every minute available with the details of the killer and his actions and the type of gun and the type of bullet is not helping dampen the copycat effects, which is what we should be thinking about. I mean, you do argue, though, Zainab, that the media does restrain itself uh, from time to time. For instance, in the case of high-profile kidnappings, I think of uh, Richard Engel from uh, NBC, who was kidnapped in Syria, and also by following careful guidelines on reporting suicide. So why isn't that happening with these mass shootings? I think we haven't had the conversation yet, and I think that's why it's important to try to consider this. I think there are a lot of cases that the media can and does know that you know there are best practices, and it, as you point out, it follows it for teen suicides, which is very important. When it reports on teen suicides, it's rarely very explicit. The method's not mentioned. Details are not mentioned. Mental health issues are highlighted, and that's a good thing. And when Richard Engel was kidnapped, the media, everybody knew about it, and they sat on it for many, many days because that just makes it harder to get the journalists back alive. I'm saying let's bring the same ethic and let's bring the same guidelines and adapt them to these mass killings. I'm not saying let's not report them. Of course not. I'm not saying you know the public has no right to know. No, the public does have a right to know. But there's no need to do it in this particular way of the breathless spectacle. But are you convinced in this day and age when social media demand new information every millisecond that that sort of strategy is going to work? Look at the Richard Engel case. It happened in the world of social media too. In fact, it did kind of leak onto social media. But it's still a world in which mainstream media plays a key role. 
and mainstream media gets its information from law enforcement. So law enforcement probably can be careful about what kind of information they release to who. Richard Engel from NBC, the reporter yes. kidnapped. Yeah. And there can be a difference. I'm not saying that the information will be unfindable. Maybe some of it will leak and maybe it'll be on this website or that website. But there's a huge difference between the information just being out there, findable, if you really, really search for it, and it being broadcast and pushed onto the public sphere with the kind of intensity we're seeing. You're in a very different culture right now there in Turkey, Zainab, but really how far away are you from the portrayals of violence that Hollywood and the rest of America produce? You know, the movie posters of gunmen we plaster on subway walls, the sniper video games our kids are glued to for hours on end. But does that casual glorification of violence feel universal? It does feel increasingly universal. It does feel that increasingly... Uh, in a lot of portrayals of violence, it's just flicked off as something that cool people do, and it's something insignificant. Its effects are never portrayed fully. So that's clearly part of the picture, and that culture is obviously more and more pervasive. Zainab Tufekshiye, visiting scholar at Princeton Center for Information Technology Policy. She was speaking with us from Istanbul.